The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. on Yellow Jackets basketball, which means it's time to talk all things Georgia Tech on the Josh Passner Show. Oh, he takes the outlet pass. He soars up and dunks it down. Oh, and more left a crater under the basket. We'll hear from Georgia Tech basketball head coach Josh Passner and other members of the Georgia Tech Athletics Department as we gear up for another week of Georgia Tech hoops on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Now here's the voice of the Jackets, Andy Demet. And a very good Monday evening to you. Welcome in to a brand new edition of the Josh Pastor Show here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Brand new week for your Yellow Jackets. It begins with a familiar opponent as Tech has the little John Connell CM tomorrow to take on the ACC leading Clemson Tigers. 9 p.m. tip-off. We will continue the countdown here on the program by previewing that matchup. We'll recap the previous week's games, both at McCamish versus North Carolina State and Syracuse. And we'll do so over the next hour with the head coach of your Yellow Jackets, Josh Pastor. I'm Andy Demetra. Just a reminder here at the top, this is the second of our four weeks in ACC play where Georgia Tech is playing on the road on a Tuesday. And so with them traveling on a Monday night, it necessitates us recording the show little uh, early in advance, and so this is a recorded edition uh, with Josh Pastor tonight. I know he loves having the open phone lines, loves being able to interact and communicate with you, but schedule just does not permit that this week with Georgia Tech taking on Clemson for a second time this season. So on that, let's welcome in the head coach himself, Josh Pastor. Coach, good to see you. How are you? Doing well, Andy. <clears throat> Rather be winning than in talking on um, um, the radio tonight about wins, not about losses. We've had enough losses to last a lifetime. So um, uh, got to get, get it turned, got to get it corrected. I want to say a few things on that. <clears throat> got two great opportunities this week in, in at Clemson, top 20 team. I think they remain number 19 in the polls, if I'm not mistaken. Number 24. Number 24. Okay, so they, they, they stay at 24. And did Duke move into the polls? Duke did move back into the polls. At 25 or you don't know? You're not Somewhere sure? Somewhere around there, so, yeah. Okay, so we basically we got two top 25 teams we're playing uh, this week. Uh, so two great opportunities to get two great wins, and that's all you can ask for. Last week, you know, we had the game on Tuesday versus NC State. And we'll, we, we'll dive more into that in a second. And then obviously we had the game against Saturday against um, Syracuse. Look, there's been, as I mentioned, we've had enough losses to last a lifetime. The losses are not acceptable. We're better than that. Um, I know our guys are fighting and doing everything they can to, to give us the best opportunity to, to lay it all on the floor. But we've had some... some um, um, you know, issues of scoring, getting to 70 points has been a real concern. And in this league, you've got to get to 70. There's no doubt about it. You've got to get to 70. You've got to find a way to get to 70. And I'm not talking getting to 70 when there's 30 seconds if the game's a little bit out of reach already. I'm talking you got to get into 70 
with about a minute or two to go and 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 it's you know it's both teams are fighting to 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 win the game um but yes we have not you know have not performed at the level that I thought we'd be performing to this point now there's a lot of basketball to be played a lot can happen we know in sports and we've seen it a lot in sports where all of a sudden a team looks like you know it's you know it's fallen off the cliff there's dark clouds all over um uh but all of a sudden they win a game they win two, they win three, and all the next thing you know, they won seven of eight or nine of ten, ten of twelve, stuff like that. I mean, we've seen it all happen in sports. But to do that, you gotta first get that first one, you know, to kind of get to get back on track. Um, we've <clears throat> you know, we just there's been, you know, obviously, and I understand the fans' frustration. I understand it. I get it. They have every right to be frustrated. Um, and um, I can tell you for any for any yellow jack jacket nation fan that is frustrated times it by a million for me is how I feel you know and and the amount of you know lack of sleep and everything else so I I understand it and the fans had the right to be to be frustrated to be disappointed to be angry to be upset and 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 as you know I've opened up my you know I love doing these shows when we have live phone calls I know we got to tape it a little bit earlier today because of the game tomorrow versus Clemson and the travel but again, I've always said you can always email me. And I've had many of emails that have been tough. I've had some good emails of encouragement, but I've had some tough emails. But as anybody knows, I will respond. And if anyone has anything they want to vent or be able to get off their chest of their frustration, um, jpassner at athletics.gatech.edu, A-T-H-L-E-T-L-E-T-I-C-S dot gatech.edu. But I can tell you that Myself, our staff, our young men are fighting and doing everything that we can to continue to get better, to continue to improve, to continue to, you know, kind of stop the flooding in a sense. Whatever solution, adjustment, tweak that we need to make, we are willing to make. I mean, and we're racking our brains on everything. Um, I would tell you, um, look, after we won the ACC championship, the next is in the in the twenty one twenty two season. There's no denying that we didn't win enough that year. If we had won a little more that year and won and, and we lost a lot of close games, and we had you know we had a we had we had a, a lot of young players, but we did have a couple older guys in 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 a lot of inexperienced and young guys we had, but we had a couple guys in Devoe and Usher. And obviously, Khalid Moore. Now, obviously, Bubba Parm didn't play because of an injury. If we had done a better job that year and, and should have won more games that year, we lost a lot of close games. The 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 frustration or turbulence, what I like to say, maybe wouldn't be as loud right now for this year because then it would be a normal um, um, flow that that there, there's going to be a year where maybe there'll be a, a, a kind of a reset and a rebuild would have been normally this year because really you have the same team you had from last year in a sense but you've lost DeVoe and Usher more and obviously Parham and so part of this year of of I, which I can understand the fans frustration they have every right to be part of the the, the double whammy on it is we didn't have a good enough year last season that 
that if we won more games and we lost a lot of close games, and that's where basketball is such a fine line, such a make and miss game. And we, and, and if we had won three or four more of those one possession games that we lost, it's a different feeling right now for this year. Where I think more people would understand, okay, this is a normal kind of rebuild year, but because we didn't get the job done, the amount of wins we needed to last year, um, you know, it, it's magnified for this year, deservingly so, totally understand. But our job right now is to course correct and to fix it. I don't think we're that far off, Andy. We're not that far off. We have the ability to course correct it and get better. I do want to read you this stat because, um, of course, we're looking at everything and, and doing all of our research um, that we can and, 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 and like I said, we are, we are close. We just got to get it done. But I was looking at our four-minute segments. And, if, and, and because I really believe our guys are ready to play. If you look at in the ACC, in the first, in the first media timeout, there's 20, there's, five, there's 20 minutes each half, uh, four media timeouts. Am I right on that? Is there, yep, 16, 12, 8, and 4. So there's eight rounds. There, there's... You know, 20 to 16, 16 to 12, 12 to 8, 8 to 4, 4 to 5, 4 to 0. So there's five rounds in the first half, five in the second half. We've got to be better at winning the, these rounds. And I'm really going to transition to the guys instead. And next segment, we'll talk on North Carolina State. Uh, I'm going to really transition to the guys about instead of trying to win, focus on the game, we've got to focus on winning each four-minute segment. And I look at it in the ACC games – in the first four minutes, the media, first media timeout, we're winning 92-77. So our guys are ready to play. You look at the second media timeout in the 16-12 mark, the opponent in ACC play is outscoring us 54-63. Again, team, basketball is a game of runs. Nine games minus nine, yeah, so it's pretty it's much a push. Pretty much, okay. In the in the media timeout from twelve to eight mark, or that segment of twelve to eight mark, um, forty eight to sixty four, we're getting outscored. If you look at the mark from the eight to four minute time flow, um, we're outscoring the opponent seventy one sixty three. Here's where it becomes a problem. The last four minutes of the first half, we are getting outscored seventy two to twenty. 72 to 20. That is the problem. You look at the sec first four minutes of the second half, we're getting outscored 66 to 44. So in those, in those, the end of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half, that's where our major problem is. And you look at some other segments, we're winning, some other segments are close. So, but it's that eight minute stretch is killing us. Look, there's a little segment here in the second half where we get we come back and then they make a little run, but it's it's those eight minutes was where the game is starting to get away from us, where we have a lead and we just aren't able to put forty minutes together. So we've got to start. I'm going to transition to our guys about trying to win the four minute segments and really focus on four minute segments and trying to win as many of those five four minute segments. Like we talk about seven you know, three stops in a row, we've got to win our share of four-minute segments. And there's five in each half, 10 in a game. And, you know, I, I, I brought it to the staff, like, okay, when we're late, when we're winning, do I, should I call a timeout to, like, tell the guys, okay, don't lose the – I mean, because literally I've thought about that. But you don't want to break the momentum. And a lot of times the momentum shifts when we have a careless 
or unnecessary or unforced turnover, which leads to a big swing play for the other team, might give him life. Now, look, Gerard, the other game versus Syracuse, we just couldn't, like, we had chances to break it open. Man, the guy had some tough shots. Same thing with NC State. I mean, we were, we were up 10 twice in the first half, and then the kid Smith just hit some big shots. So we're looking at everything that we can do, every possible solution and idea. But we've got to be able to put 40 minutes together. And we, and, we've got, and, the guy, and we all got to perform and produce to do that. It's not a 32-minute game. It's not a 28-minute game. It's a 40-minute game. And so we've got to be able to put that, that together. And, and, and last thing, I know we've got to get to a break. And not to rehash on it, but I do, I, 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 I feel the fans, I feel it from the fans, and I know it. And, and we don't need to shy away from it. We, we, we got to get it done for Yellow Jacket Nation. Look, we got to get, each guy wants to get it done for the team and everything else. But man, I'm, I'm as driven and as wired. I want to win for the, for Yellow Jacket Nations. I, I, I want to win for the fan base. I, I, so bad. And, and we are close. We've just got to break the barrier, get back to it, just win that first one and hopefully get us over the hump. I mean, we've already won one, but we've got to get a, and we blew some games earlier. Like we've blown games that we should have won the game. We should have won multiple games, and we can discuss that next segment. But I do believe we, we're close, and let's just find a way to get it done. We got two awesome opportunities, two top twenty-five teams this week at Clemson tomorrow, at Duke at home Saturday, and a Clemson series that at least a little John Coliseum relate always seems to come down to the final shot. So you see if we can put together the full forty minutes against the ACC leading Tigers tomorrow. We'll hit our first timeout. Much more to come. It's the Josh Pastor Show right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. The latest on Yellow Jackets basketball. It's the Coach Josh Pastner Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Fans, there's magic when we cheer together. Let's create some magic with an ice-cold Coke. Cheers. As we welcome you back to the Josh Pastor Show on this Monday night. He's Josh Pastor. I'm Andy Demetra. Pre-recorded edition of the program with Georgia Tech en route to Clemson, where they take on the number 24 Tigers tomorrow night, 9 o'clock tip-off, airtime 8.30 here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. And I want to buttress a couple of points that you made in the first segment, Coach. You've been a pretty enviably fast-starting team this year. Just within the last five games, you led Miami 21-11. to You led Florida State 16-7. to You led Notre Dame 11-2. to This past week, you were ahead of NC State 18-8 to and ahead of Syracuse 21-10 to before Jim Beheim had to burn a timeout. So it's not as though it's the slow starts that have gotten you. Is it just the nature of the game of basketball that teams are – do to make a run on you after those quick starts? If not, what can this team do better to maybe buffer themselves against those runs and make sure you can protect that early lead for longer? Well, what I would tell you, Andy, is what that shows you, and like you just mentioned on that stat, like our team is ready to play. We are prepared. We are ready to compete. We are ready to win. Um, our scheme and strategy and system works um, our focus is great. It's when we, it's, it's, and to your point, basketball is a game of runs. It always has been and always will be. And there's, and you're, you know, there's going to be some times where they're making a run. The thing that I've really evaluated and looked at 
what has triggered the runs of the opponent has been a careless turnover, which has led to them getting an opportunity to maybe give them a little life when they're ready to almost be buried and we give them life. Or we got a couple open shots wide open and we've been hot and then we'd start getting cold. And um, so it's a combination of that, whether it's missing some shots where we can really extend it or a careless turnover or two, which allows them to maybe a four-point swing, five points, one of those type of things that just gives the opponent life, confidence, um, mojo back in a sense to kind of get their 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 swagger back. And that's and, and, and look, in the ACC, and I've said it since the day I've been here, since I've been hired, you got to score. And you got to get to 70 points. And, and, and obviously, Andy, we've had our struggles to get to 70. So when you're not scoring, and, and look, we, we do a lot of things defensively, and for the most part, we're a good defensive team. For the most part, we're a good offensive rebounding team. For the most part, you know, you look at our stats on sharing the ball. We're, you know, getting closer to 60% of our field goals to be assisted. We weren't good at turnovers against Syracuse, had too many. Now we had 25 assists, 25 made field goals on 20 assists. But a lot of the runs are being made based on, like I mentioned, a careless or two turnovers, which are big swings. But what's really has, you know, and then what happens is we our margin for error, Andy, is zero. Zilch, none, nil. And we're just we 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 and when you're struggling to score, it's it it zaps the energy out of everybody which I understand is zaps the energy out of the fans. Zaps the energy out of the players because you're trying to get, you're getting stop, 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 and you're getting some wide open looks and you're missing them. And I, and I can assure the fans that we're, we're doing everything possible to generate points. We're really good in transition offense when we can go. Now we've missed some opportunities. I think we're a good offensive rebounding team. I thought versus Syracuse on Saturday, we had some good opportunities. Like we did, we, I thought some of the things that gave us some great you know, chances like with Jalen in the middle, we needed him to be more aggressive. We talked about, we needed Jalen Moore to have 30 that game. And then we had some chances there even late in the second half when it was a six point game, we had a couple threes that we just didn't score. I don't think we're getting to the free throw line enough. Is that us officials? Are we not getting the calls? Again, I'm not going to get into that. I do. I got to hold our guys accountable because why are we not getting to the free throw line more? But that's a way, you know, Last year, we were last in the conference in getting to the free throw line, free throw attempts. This year, we're last in the conference in free throw attempts. You know, Packer and Durham had this index card, and now it's just Packer about who has the least free throws attempted, and it's us. And I and we drive the ball. I don't understand that's gotta that. Be the, that's got to be the puzzling, if not the frustrating thing for you, is it, that it's not for lack of trying to attack, as you say, with force to the rim. I, I was... As I mentioned in the last segment, if we had won more games last year, there wouldn't be the turbulence we'd have right now because people would have better – They wouldn't. no one would be happy with any losses, but I think they would have a better understanding. Okay, we, we, we had a good year last year again, if we did. We didn't have a good enough year last year, but if we did, you lose or you lose, natural progression that you're probably going to take a step back. 
I'm disappointed about last year, too, that we didn't get to the free throw line enough. I thought we drove the ball so much. We were the one, we were one of the most driving teams in the league. Michael DeVoe drove. So I always talked about 10.1.4, which is an automatic hand check. If there's a hand on you on the drive, that's an automatic foul. I can't tell you how many times I felt DeVoe driving. He should have gotten to the free throw line so much more. We didn't live and die by the three-point shot last year. Same thing with Usher. Um, and so, but if we had gotten to the free throw line more, maybe, you know, you win some of those closer games, things are different, but we didn't, we haven't got to the free throw line enough last year, this year. And again, I'm not blaming or putting anything on the officials. We've as a, as a group, we've got to continue to do better. We got to continue to do better. We've got to find a way. And I, and you know, Andy, I have tremendous respect for the officiating. I have tremendous respect for all officials in this league. Um, and for all officials and referees across all sports, because I know it's not an easy job. And it's, you attain for protect for perfection, but it's probably an unattainable goal. I mean, you still are dealing with human beings. There's going to be mistakes. That all being said, because of our struggle to score, one, one ways to help on that is get to the free throw line more. We're not getting the free throw line enough. We are offensive rebounding, which has been a saving grace for us. And we are transition offense. We're just not scoring in the half court as much as we can or need to. We're missing some wide-open shots. Uh, I thought versus the Pitts game, we missed a, a lot of paint shots. But to, win in this, but to win in this league, you've got to get to 70. There's no other option. I get it. Clemson and Virginia Tech played on Saturday, and I think it was 51 to 50. Yeah, you know, but those are the outliers. The 95 to 97 percent of the games to win in this league, you got to get to 70. I keep I go back to the year Virginia won the national championship compared to the year before when they didn't. Yeah, they got upset. But if you look at their numbers, the year they won it, they were so good offensively. Obviously elite defensively, but they were elite offensively. And right now that has been we've we've got to find ways to score. And and you know, we haven't had that guy in these times for this season that can just go get us a bucket when we need a bucket. And a lot of teams in this league have that. You know, Isaiah Wong from Miami, Smith and Joyner from NC State. Gerard. Gerard from Syracuse. Um, you know, uh, you can go on, to, you know, you can go on down the list, you know, um, Burton from Pitt. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis from Carolina. We just have not had that where, where when you get stuck. Even like Clemson, they can go right to Hall or – or is it Hunter Tyson? You got it. Hunter Tyson, Hunter Tyson. PJ Hall. They can go to those guys when they just so, and just for breakdown offense, because eighty to ninety percent of the game of basketball is breakdown offense. I know we got to get to break. Eighty to ninety percent of of basketball is breakdown offense, and you just got to have guys at times where you just got to get a bucket. You just create a shot, breakdown offense, and they just go get you a bucket. Because usually good offense beats good defense. Well, uh, you will try to put together your best offense against a Clemson team that does lead the ACC in defensive efficiency in conference play. One of the many reasons they're atop the ACC standings at 8-1. and one. Georgia Tech's opponent tomorrow night at Little John Coliseum. We'll hit another timeout. Much more with head coach Josh Pastor after this on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. There's no better source on Georgia Tech hoops than the coach. This is the Coach Josh Passner Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. 
It is the rematch between your Yellow Jackets and the Clemson Tigers tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Late night tip, a little John Coliseum against the number 24. Tigers will be on the air with our network pregame at 8.30. And just to put some things into perspective for everyone, including this week, we had mentioned after Clemson, Georgia Tech welcomes in a newly ranked or re-ranked Duke team on Saturday. Of Georgia Tech's first 11 ACC games this year, Coach, 10 of them will be versus teams that enter this week with a winning conference record. Of the four other teams that have a sub-500 ACC record, you've only played one combined game against them, and that was the Notre Dame game, which you lost in overtime. Which we absolutely blew. We should have won yeah. the game. So it, I know that that yeah. might earn much sympathy, but there is a lot of ruggedness to the beginning of this schedule that may deserve uh, some recognition as we, uh, we get set for the week ahead. Well, I think if you looked at, have you, I don't know if you've looked at the net rankings or the Ken Palm lately. Like, if you look at our strength of schedule, I think it's like in the it's in the 40s. And in, in, I mean, we got a really, really strong strength of schedule. So we've played, you know, a really tough schedule. And, and for the fans, look again, I'm not excusing us for our losses. I mean, I don't care if we're playing the top teams. Our job is to win against the top teams. Now, are we inexperienced? Yes. Are we young? Yes. Um, uh, do we have any margin for error? No. Uh, but, you know, we've got to we've got to plow through that. But I will say, let's not forget we had a, you know, I remind people because I know how important it is for Georgia Tech, for Yellow Jacket Nation. We did beat Georgia both these last two years. So that's got to, you know, don't forget that because I know, again, I'm not trying to change any narrative or, or change anything and move away from how we're not we're not getting wins in the ACC. But I do kind of just want to remind some of the pause on that. But to your point. Even the Notre Dame game, at the end there, there were some big 50-50 calls. And I believe, and I said this at the teleconference today, this morning, because they asked us about the officiating in the... Yeah, the, the, the teleconference, it looks like the, the, it was a game of uh, how many coaches can we get fined? Asking uh, those questions about I don't know officiating. what everyone else said, but I kept it pretty, you know. But I, 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 I said it. In men's college basketball, I think officials... And again, this isn't anything wrong about the officials because, I, like I said, the highest level of respect for Brian Kersey, the league officials, head of the officials, and I, the highest level of all the officials in this league. They're good. I mean, you know, they're good guys. Like, I, they're, they're high. But when we step on the line, I've always said co men's college basketball officials have the most influence and opportunity to, inf to change people's careers, players' careers, teams' fortunes, programs' fortunes. Because there's so many calls of 50-50 calls that can change the dynamics, which I felt in a Notre Dame game, which was which I had felt, um, you know, on, on some things. Again, whether people agree with me on that or not, you know, and again, that's nothing against anybody on any officials or anything. It's just that it's different than any other sport. And people and they asked me to tell, why do you say that? Is it even more they have more influence power than even maybe the NBA? I said, yeah. So in the NBA. There's only 30 teams, and there's one. There's a centralized location. That's that's what the NBA officials do for a living. That's all they do. And every single call they make or non-call they make is held. They're held accountable at a very high level because it's being graded every single time. Whereas in college, there's 360 some odd Division ones. What is there? 32 conferences. You know, um, you have multiple head of officials of each conference. All these officials have, th this officiating is a part-time job. 
It's not a full-time job. So it's different. It's just different. And not and it doesn't. And I'm not saying anything good or bad about it. I'm just speaking kind of in the reality of the situation and kind of how the system is at this point. And so there is a lot of it. And so, um, and I go and you bring up the Notre Dame because I felt at, towards the end of the half, even though I didn't think there was maybe some 50-50 there, but I thought towards the end of the regulation there were some 50-50 calls that can go either way. That that if it goes your way, you win the game. If it doesn't go your way you have a chance to lose the game. And that's what happened, you know, on a couple things. And so, um, um, and that's what, that's why, that's why basketball is such a free flowing sport and it's a beautiful sport. And that's why I always tell officiating and for, you know, it's not an easy job. It's a very hard job. Look, you're wanting perfection, but it's, that's an unattainable goal because there, there's going to be mistakes that are going to be happening and everything gets magnified because there's so much at stake and so much on the line. And, but all that being said, we've had a really tough schedule, and I don't think we're that far away, Andy, from from being a team that can that can reel off wins. Um, you know, you look at North Carolina State; we were two for twenty-one from three-point range. Man, if we had just made three threes, and we were eight for nineteen from the free throw line, if we had just made two or three threes and a couple free throws, we win the game. We just, we, it was like crazy how many looks we got that we couldn't score. Now our saving grace was our, was our, our offensive rebounding. We had 18 offensive rebounds and we only had 10 turnovers against a team that really turned you over. One of the best in the country. And we forced them into 15 turnovers. Um, that was NC State's worst turnover margin of the season. Yep. You were plus five on them. Yep. And, and, but you know, were, when they got stuck scoring, the kids Smith, zero, and Joyner, one, just made some big plays. They just made some shots that you're like, where we didn't have that guy to just to make those shots at that time. You know, just kind of, as I call it, the breakdown offense. Now, zero Smith is a pro. He could have gone, he was a first-round draft pick last year. He elected to come back, and, and, um, and it's, you know, he's having a heck of a year. Those type of things make a big difference. Yeah, the ACC certainly has its share of those foot-down bucket getters. Yeah. Just put your foot down, get your team a bucket, stop a rally, extend a rally, and to know well, that, that that's been a little elusive for you here through the first nine games of and, conference and, play. And, 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 and because you run offense, you have breakdown offense, and breakdown offense, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's 80, 90, 80 to 90% of the game. And, and look, I even, you know, for all the Yellow Jacket Nation fans out there, I mean, you even go back to, you guys know how it is, even, you know, some of the great teams with Bobby Kremens. I mean, some of the guards they had, and, and Coach Kremens is one of the greatest coaches ever, but, you know, sometimes when things got stuck, they, they, they had guys just go get you a bucket. Look at Alvarado or Moses Wright or Jordan Usher in those years or DeVoe or Josh Kogi would just go get you a bucket sometimes when things were just needed a, a score and, and, and we're still trying to find that right now, but that's why we're constantly talking about manufacturing what we've got to manufacture. Offensive rebounds, transition offense. We've got to get to the free throw line more, and then we've got to be, a, you know, we've got to be able to execute and knock down our open shots in half-court offense. Well, we'll see what tomorrow night at 9 p.m. holds for the Yellow Jackets as they take on the number 24 Clemson Tigers. We'll break down a little more of this Clemson team. They're having to persevere through some injuries of their own of late, but still atop the ACC at 8-1, and one, and that is a challenge ahead of your Yellow Jackets tomorrow at 9 o'clock. We'll hit another timeout. It is the Josh Pastor Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. 
Georgia Tech basketball continues to buzz. Now more of the Coach Josh Pastner Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Yellow Jacket fans, be sure to visit georgiapower.com slash community to learn new ways to stay connected. Georgia Power, the official energy sponsor of Georgia Tech Athletics, Power on Georgia. He's Josh Pastor. I'm Andy Demetra. A pre-recorded edition of the Josh Pastor Show tonight with the team en route did, to did, Clemson. Did you get any um, tweets or questions on Twitter earlier in the day? Uh, or? N- no tweets, but you know I always have my fair share of questions. Uh, and I have one here. Um, and we talked earlier in the program about the really snappy starts you guys have gotten off to in ACC play. Uh, here are the halftime deficits since the Miami win. Uh, Florida State, three. Notre Dame, one. Pittsburgh, four. NC State was five. Syracuse was seven. None of those deficits were insurmountable or outlandish. But we've talked about the starts of the second half. And in those five games, before the first media timeout of the second half, in those five games, you guys were only 8 of 36 from the field for 22%. And I know that's a solemn stat, uh, but it, it leads me to this. Uh, and this could be a complete asinine observation, so feel free to laugh me off the air. It wouldn't be the first time. And it won't uh, be the last. No, it certainly won't be the last. I can promise you. Uh, I, I've noticed that your team usually doesn't come out of the halftime locker room until there's about two minutes or so left on the halftime clock. A lot of other teams around the league, you'll see them mosey out with five minutes, six minutes. Gosh, I think Syracuse came out with, with still seven minutes remaining on the halftime clock. Do you think it could benefit your team to give them a few extra minutes of halftime to get some shots up, get their shots warm, get back in the flow uh, so that maybe you can get off to a more crisp start after halftime? Well, Andy, a couple things. I'm glad you brought that um, uh, question up. Now, so so everyone knows so what we do at halftime and it's interesting because we i talked that with my staff today about we've got to adjust on it because what's killing us is end of that first half but it's not like you said it's not it, it, the games are right there I mean, yeah, yeah i mean it's just the start of the second half for whatever reason so we go in to meet as a staff from about because there's 15 minutes in halftime we go meet from the staff from about 15 to 10 Okay, on the clock as a staff, no players. We're in a separate room talking about strategy, systematically, scheme, adjustments, what's working, what's not working. I tell our video coordinator, director of scouting, Hayden Sheridan, to what clips I want pulled so we can show the guys a film of our first half, of whether it's good or bad, of an area that we need to correct so they can visually see. I always think film is better than drawing it on the board because they can see the action live. And we do that from about, you know, nine to, you know, because I talk a little bit, you know, about nine to whatever, six. So there's about three minutes worth of film. And then I try to get the guys out there, you know, at about 5.30, we break in and say, let's go out there and go get the done. So that we leave from our locker room around 5.30, 5.15. Now, I am not one to like the guys just sitting out there forever, eight, nine minutes. I think that's a long time. Interesting what you said I actually told our staff, I wonder if I shouldn't even bring them out there until the buzzer rings and say, we're just staying. So what we're going to do, we're just going to go in here. We're going to talk. We're going to stretch. Do every, we're going to stretch in the locker room. And at one minute, we're going to run out there. We're going to you know, go to the bathroom, do what you, and what, we're going to run out there and get ready to play and go play. And instead of being out there seven, eight minutes or even four, three minutes, little, and, I, and I said, I'm going to make some adjustment at the Clemson game, whatever that may be, to try to see if that will work. And maybe just, hey, we're not, we're going to stretch, 
So I'm done talking. Okay, we're going to get a group stretch. And at one minute, we're just going out there. Because usually when it strikes zero, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a right away you're, you're in play. And so it's either that, Andy, um, um, or it's either that or it's, as you mentioned, you go out there at like, okay, I'm just coming in. I'm going to say a couple things and go back out like at nine, eight, seven minutes. It's one or the other because what we're doing right now is not working. And I'm a guy that's, a, I'm not problem focused. I'm solution focused. I want solutions. I will adjust. I will tweak. I don't want to just sit, you know, again, there's things that, you know, you're not going to, every time something goes a little bit wrong, you're not going to change everything every time. Sometimes it might just be a tough day, but the, the, the numbers, the statistics, the proof sort of in the pudding that we are not doing the job the end to start the second half. We just are not. And so, you know, we're prepared to play the first start of the game. Our guys are locked in. Our, our preparation is outstanding. Um, all that goes, because if we weren't ready to play to start the first half, to start the game, you would say, well, what are you guys doing every day? I mean, our preparation is right. We're there. I mean, we look like when we start these games, Andy, we look like we're a sweet 16 team. We look like we're the best team in the league. And then it just, it just kind of drips, drips. Sometimes it floods out, and we just get, you know, we don't hold on to it and play the 40 minutes. And But a big thing is starting that second half. And so I am making an adjustment. Whatever that may, may I told this half, maybe it's, do I not even show film? Do we not do any of that? I mean, you know, because I want to talk and make adjustments if necessary. Um, do we need to, you know, I know as, as, as kindergartenish, do we need to give them oranges? You know, back in the day, you know, he had oranges like for soccer when your team would go play soccer or your son or daughter's team and someone would be responsible for the oranges after the game. I'm like, do we give them oranges at halftime? Um, you know, I mean, do we do I, – I mean, literally, you're, ra- you're racking your brain on what can we do to change our fortunes coming out of half. And um, uh, because, you know, when we come out to start the, for, to start the game, we don't come out there in about three and a half minutes. So it's not like we're out there a long time either. So I'm literally looking at do we just go and not come out to like one minute or 30 seconds, sprint there, we just boom and go play and see if that will work stretch in the back, do what we've got to do. And these are things that we're thinking about because, you know, some of that segment right there, as you mentioned, is where we're having a big problem. We get our, the lead that they come in at half gets, a, gets extended. And then, of course, we make a roaring comeback. We're flying around and coming back, and, and, and it looks like we're about to, you know, overtake the deficit. But then we just – it was almost too much for us to – overcome and maybe there's a turnover there or something kind of which triggered the earlier run to uh, make it happen so we're we're not sitting pat we're going to find a way to make it happen and I can tell Yellow Jacket Nation that we're doing everything in our power myself the staff our young men anyone associated with the program that what can we do to find ways to be successful because I want I want us to get a bunch of wins. I, it, does Yellow Jack, for Yellow Jacket Nation, it's important. I know the frustration. I know the, the, I don't know if anger is the right word or the disappointment or just the, the letdown. I get it, and I feel you, and I hear you. And, um, I, I, and you have every right to feel like that, and we're trying and, 
and, and I can make promise you that we're not sitting on our laurels or sitting pat and not trying to come up with every solution possible when, when the reality of our margin for error is, is slim pretty much to none. So we've got to just get it done in that 40 minutes. Well, like we said, great opportunity awaiting your team outstanding tomorrow night, 9 p.m. versus Clemson. Tomorrow and Duke, two ranked teams, outstanding opportunities for us. Clemson has a 14-game home win streak, but these recent matchups against the Yellow Jackets always seem to come down to literally the final shot. We'll break down that matchup in our closing segment here with Josh Pastor. Stick around. It's the Josh Pastor Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. The latest on Yellow Jackets basketball. It's the Coach Josh Passner Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. We look forward to your company on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports tomorrow night from Little John Coliseum at Clemson where Georgia Tech takes on the number 24 Tigers. Rambler Rec tip-off show begins at 8.30. Tip-off just past 9 between the Jackets and the Clemson Tigers. Now, Clemson came in here. Any last scraps of skepticism they may have had in late December about their start? They've answered them. They're 8-1 and one now in the ACC, first place in the league. However, Coach, they have played their last two games without their point guard, Chase Hunter, who leads them in assists, second in the team in scoring. Lost that first game to Wake Forest without him. Needed a late three-pointer from Hunter Tyson to knock off uh, Virginia Tech on Saturday. So let's start there as it relates to tomorrow. And it's still questionable whether Hunter will come back because of a foot injury. In these last two games, how have you seen Clemson maybe tweak, adjust its offense in the absence of a guy who's not only a leading assist man, but also a really good on-ball playmaker and probably not somebody else uh, that has the same skill set as any of his teammates? Well, listen to Coach Brad Burnell this morning on the teleconference. He said that Chase Hunter and Alex Hemaway are both close to being able to play, but it will be dependent on how they practice today if they're going to be able to play tomorrow. Of course, our luck this year is just like in the North Carolina State game. Did you see that kid, Ross? Yeah. Number five, I forget what number he is off the top of my head. It was like one for 12. 12 from three deep in the corner. And he banks it in. He banks in a corner three, and he shot it from – he was behind the backboard. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, anyway um, – um, it would be nice if Chase wouldn't play. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but we're preparing that he is going to play. Obviously, Clemson's really good. I think if there was a Coach of the Year candidate right now at midseason, it would obviously be Brad Burnell. What I would tell you, Andy, is um, you look at Clemson, who struggled last year. Look at North Carolina State, who struggled last year. Look at Pittsburgh, who struggled last year. Those teams are really good right now. And it was done just through the portal through some NIL stuff, a couple things here and there that got some additions. And, and all of a sudden, you know, look where they're at. And so that's what's great about basketball, especially in this league. You can make jumps in a hurry, even if there was a struggle the year before. Clemson, NC State, Pittsburgh are great examples of that. Clemson's going to be really good. We got to do a great job on PJ Hall. I think Tyson Hunter's playing as a first team All ACC along with PJ Hall. Hunter Tyson also playing really well. Uh, yeah, sorry, Hunter Tyson. <laughs> I just you know, well, what a... makes him so? I mean, he's he's a double double guy. He only had one double well, double his entire the, career because he's shooting the ball. At a, he's a fifth year senior now. Don't forget mm. that. Like there should be an expiration date on guys on these college things. But what what makes him such a vexing but, but, matchup? But, but but because he can shoot it. If he wasn't a shooter, it'd be a different deal. 
Um, but he's really, if you look at his percentages, I don't have it in front of me, but he is shooting a, a great clip from three, hit a big three to beat Virginia Tech on Saturday. Um, he's just a really good player, and he can score inside and outside. He's older. And, P.J., I think they have the best front court duo right now in, in Hunter Tyson, right, in Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall. P.J. Hall was really good from the pinch post and the elbow area against you in the first matchup. Uh, how, what kind of problems does he present on the well, offensive Well, he's end? good. He's just, he can shoot it. He gets a quick release. He can pass it. We've got to be quicker in our, in, in, in our slides when we're in the zone. We've got to be quicker on that. We were not good in transition defense last time we played him. We went on that scoreless stretch. Um, and then Duke on Saturday, we got, I know we're coming up on time, Duke on Saturday, Ryan Young, we recruited the heck out of Ryan Young from Northwestern. We thought we were getting him. Last second, Duke came in, offered him, and next thing you know, he's going to Duke. But they're big. They're a really good offensive rebounding team. Two great opportunities this, this, this week. Well, it is a great chance to set a tone for the remainder of the season against some high uh, competition in the ACC. Can't wait to see how it shakes out beginning tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And on that, we wrap up this week's edition of the Josh Pastrick Show. Coach, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. to the Coach Josh Pastner Show, live on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Join us each week of the season to get the latest on Yellow Jackets hoops and all things Georgia Tech athletics. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility, and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.